Hello, welcome to yet another wonderful episode of The Underpaid and The Underqualified. Feels like we haven't been here for a minute, huh, Josh? Definitely, especially since we've been moving to this new format. And we've been spending a lot of time working on our uh, OnlyFans account starting up soon, so uh, be on the lookout. Exactly. It'll, it'll satisfy all those feet fetishes that people have been uh, asking about. I've actually been doing um, only hand fetishes, so we're going to get a mixed-up variety there, I guess. Ooh, you know? more of a niche. Okay, we can, <laughs> we can have a bit wider audience. Yeah, trying to get ahead of things, you know what I mean? That's going to be the next trend in the next 10 years. You're going to see it all over uh, Pornhub. I feel like OnlyFans is probably going to take down Pornhub. Think so? I don't know. Or Instagram. Seems like nobody's going to like try to be a model and uh, put their shit on Instagram because it's just every other post is just, look at my OnlyFans, join my OnlyFans, you know? Yeah, I think that depends. So like with Instagram right now, it's like more model-centric, more like the foodie basic millennial BS. Uh, TikTok is, hey, I'm posting really stupid stuff. Okay, so like at my church, there's a... Um, I was asking someone like the students like, Hey, what exactly is your humor? And they tagged me in a couple of things. And I'm like, I do not find this remotely funny in any sense of the word funny. <laughs> so like TikTok is all that. And then I feel like OnlyFans is obviously the more not safe for work content. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, uh, wait, what'd you say? Not safe forward for work. Oh, <laughs> not safe. Uh, when you say it fast together, it sounds like something else. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I think like, Nazi. Instagram, I thought, it, I thought it, you said it, Nazi. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think um, OnlyFans is the Instagram killer because it's not exactly a free social media platform to model like models and face creams and stuff from what girls would normally do. But then if they are quote unquote models, they're going to be posting their OnlyFans on Instagram. Yeah, I get that though. I just need a whole. I just need a highlight. When you said not safe, you said it really quick, and I saw you thought you said Nazi. <laughs> oh no no. Not not. That's why I was confused. I was like, "Wait, TikTok has all this politics with Trump. Is that what's going on?" No, but um, yeah, no, it's either yeah, Instagram's becoming TikTok and OnlyFans. And my goal in life now is to not have any involvement with either. It's a pretty easy goal, and it's going good so far. <laughs> it's I think I wonder if like not listing if if I can list that as an accomplishment on a resume, never using TikTok. Do you think that would help? <laughs> um, because I interact with college students, I'm like. As long, I, I just hope I never get TikTok. Yeah, I feel like I, I kind of do dumb shit where I like film myself. Like if I'm really feeling a video and I'll just like look dumb doing it. But somehow TikTok just makes it so like just cartoonish and dumb. It's just ugh, just so cringe every time people do it. And it just, ugh, I don't know. I'm like, I, I can see why this is funny. I don't find it funny and I'm not laughing. Yeah. It's it's just not our crowd. I don't know. So for anyone listening who's super disappointed, there's not going to be an underpaid and underqualified TikTok. Sorry. <laughs> Unless we make it really big and famous and TikTok is actually going to be another source of income and revenue, then yes, I will definitely. My soul has a price. <laughs> That's, that should be your autobiography title. <laughs> well, no, like I fundamentally like, which I'm like, there's definitely companies I refuse to work for despite how much money I can make. And like, Facebook, I despise them as an organization, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, I kind of do enjoy their work culture, but I also kind of enjoy the fat amount of money they pay their employees. Yeah, that's so funny. That I actually, I actually kind of told off a recruiter on a big company. It's like the first time I've ever done. This. Oh <laughs> I won't gosh. tell you which one, but I'll tell you after. But uh, keep it a secret. But For sure. uh, I'm gonna tell anyways, everybody later on the Instagram page. I don't I'm really live care. stream it. I'm only saying it just because it would be a long story. That's the only reason. <laughs> We've got a packed topic. I have no problem saying which company was. Oh, it's with a, that's it's a well, fruit. <laughs> with that said, based off of you saying that we have a lot to talk about, forget our weeks. What's the topic, Vince? Yeah, a lot of depressing stuff's happening, so we're just skipping the, the week stuff. Um, fire and death. That's pretty much exactly what's happening right now. So we're gonna skip that and uh, talk about. What do we miss now that we're stuck indoors and can't do anything and just this quarantine that we thought some hoped might be a few weeks to a month has uh, now been more than half the year. <sighs> really makes you wonder, what is one thing we miss? And I think the outdoors, you know, bars, restaurants, um, those are kind of, you know, here and there, depending on what you can do and safely. But one of the hardest things that uh, is going to be to come back is uh, concerts. Concerts are something we miss, at least speaking for myself. Uh, maybe job misses them a little <laughs> i think for me definitely like 
I miss aspects of a concert, and then there's also aspects of concerts that I don't miss. Oh, that's funny. Uh, the only aspect of a concert I don't miss is how expensive they can be. So on one hand, it's kind of nice to be saving money, but even then, I don't know if I'm saving money so much. It's just I already paid for all the concerts, and they got postponed. So I'm just kind of waiting for when they'll be reannounced and hoping I don't forget. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, um, the only concert that got postponed for me was uh, the Hell Mega Tour with Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day. Uh-huh. And so that's the only one that I bought tickets for. The other one that I was going to buy tickets for was My Chemical Romance, but I had to buy resale because all of them no no if anything i'm probably going to be paying more because of the scalpers but um because of all the people they're like oh my gosh i am totally like emo punk but really i see your shit in like vegas and listening to house music shut the hell up you haven't listened to this in like 10 years oh, um, you mean they sold those kind of people week. buying tickets yeah no they sold out tickets. they sold out fast so i'm like all right for the people who actually do care and still actually like resonate with this thanks i guess for picking up all those tickets you basic bitches yeah it did it did seem like they were a lot more of a trending item than i ever remember they were like when they were doing the black parade and all their early album stuff yeah no exactly so i'm like "Mm, i hate you (laughs) but now so so i was going to buy tickets for that but then obviously that's been postponed and so it's like all right cool i'll buy tickets next year yeah i had a similar thing with uh rage against the machine because rage against the machine are like top three if i could pick three bands i don't want to see live they're definitely up there and if quarantine would have happened i would have seen them by this point it would have been in may or august yeah may at the oracle arena in oakland and uh would have been great but when i specifically bought tickets i was like waiting with like cursor ready like credit card ready everything for like the exact time that they went on sale and then your typical hellish experience when everybody's trying to buy tickets you're like just hearing a look, looking, looking at a loading screen for like 20 minutes, nothing's happening. And then finally it says you're booted out and you have to get back in or they're all sold out somehow within 15 to 20 minutes. But at that moment, I think the band kind of knew that was going to happen. And they announced the second show right as like the ticket sales for their first show were going on. So I just immediately hopped onto the second show and uh, luckily got them. That's such a blessing. Yeah, I know. More bands should do that. Rage Against the Machine, get it. They really care about their fans. <laughs> yeah, honestly, to be transparent about this, which call it, I was, um, I finally decided that I wanted to go. And by the time, like, I realized I wanted to go, I'm like, all right, there, that can't be too many people wanting to go Rage Against the Machine. Like, even when I was listening to its heyday, like, nobody around my age at all cared. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when I decided to, like, look at tickets, like, two weeks after the fact, I'm like, oh. This is sold out. Yeah. Um, these tickets are a lot more expensive than like most pop concerts. Like I'm guessing that are peaked. I'm guessing stuff I've had the cheapest ones at like five hundred dollars. Yeah, and then I was like, I'm a little sad that I can't go anymore because I'm not going to shell out. I don't know how much it is at this point. Yeah, I think one the easy kind of a hack to see concerts is festivals, because festivals sometimes if you find the right ones, I mean nowadays it's probably getting harder and harder, but you can pay like you know, 100 to 150, probably 150 for like a three day thing. If you get all three days and then you, a lot of big bands will play there. So like, for example, Metallica, every time I've seen them, it's well over a hundred dollars, you know, probably close to 150 per ticket for, we're talking nosebleeds, but uh, they played outside, they played outside lands twice. And uh, I went one of those times and then uh, just kind of forced my way up pretty close where the stage was like right there and the same band wasn't too far away. So that's kind of a hack that you can do if a band, you like is playing a festival, obviously. So, yeah, and that was kind of like with um, what's that thing called? What's the one in Sacramento that's super popular? The really big oh, one. Oh yeah, Aftershock. Aftershock. So I was going to go and get that. And so the years passed. What they did was they had day passes, and so I was super excited. I could save money. I don't have to buy an entire festival thing. And I know what Sacramento weather is like mm-hmm. on like hot early <laughs> mid October, and it's freaking scorching. Yeah, and so knowing me, because I know I'm not, I don't do well in that weather, especially concert, like for a whole damn day, because it's a marathon. Um, I was going by day pass. Turns out, I think they were like a little bit on the wiser end, and they're like, "Yeah, we're not selling day passes. You're going to have to buy, have to buy a three day pass." Wow, that's weird. What year did you go? I've never been, but I've always seen tickets. There's one year where I did almost go, but that was the time where I didn't have that much money. Mm. Now I have disposable income. 
That's interesting because I was going to say I uh, I actually went to Aftershock one year and I was able to do the day pass. It was 2018, so I wasn't sure if they, like, changed it or maybe, like, it was so close to the sale that they were only doing three-day pa- uh, passes. I don't know. I think it was, like, a year before that. But anyways, um, yeah, so in that sense, it's like that hack did not work in this sense, and I really don't want to go to Aftershock for three or two days in a row to try to get my three to $500 pass worth it. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, it's like it really depends on the lineup. And even if the lineup is good, there's sometimes where there's like too many bands you like on so that they're playing at the same time and you can't see them. So I don't know. Depends on the festival. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I was going to mention, you might have seen this. People might have seen this. But in the UK, there was a concert or socially distant concert, as I mentioned, uh, about a month ago, I think ish. And essentially, it was just kind of a big green, you know, grass kind of uh, festival kind of area. But they just had what almost looked like kind of metal tents that kind of separated people so you could like have your group and would kind of be in this designated area and uh i don't know if they did festivals like that i guess it could work but obviously it would cost a lot more money and kind of um investing and just energy and like people going along with it and then drunk people at a concert you never know if it's going to totally work so is it worth it but uh yeah it's kind of cool so maybe that'll be something in the future to do with concerts but i don't know i'd be i think i'd definitely be up for it as long as i could see a band what do you think with the whole like what um uk is doing with the whole cage thing and seating i saw memes of how like oh as an introvert this is what i've been waiting for in my whole entire life and i'm like as an introvert yes and as a person who's like probably almost really want to start flights at concerts and festivals because people won't stop shoving i'm like this is great um (laughs) But at the same time, obviously not taking into account cost benefit and cost like in terms of revenue and is this going to like pay out enough and stuff like that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I assume I assume it would cost more because of the implementation of that specific thing. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, are right, you have high upfront costs, but then at, like building a concert venue in general, you still need to pay money for the seats. You just need to pay money for the uh, cages if you can have uh, in that format. Um, <laughs> Do they call them cages? That makes it sound so inhumane. I'm going to call it cage because let's be real. It is what it is. Um, It's like a cage tent. There's like no covering. Cage tent. It's a metaphor, but it's not a cage. So there's no, it's not a full cage. <laughs> so there's no, it's not a cage either. So it's not anything. That's why cage tent. <laughs> okay. So um, in terms of that, that's just upfront cost. Um. And so that's that's like anything, any type of limitation, anything with COVID right now at this point, there's going to be upfront costs to implement. So that's I don't think that's going to be that big of a deal per se, but then it's like, okay, you're going to have less people being able to attend the concert. So I think, like you said, it'll be expensive in that sense because you're going to need the extra space to accommodate that to make sure you're maintaining six feet or whatever, uh, that distance. So obviously less people can attend. Um, so that's why I'm like, I'm not sure if it's considered worth it um i don't know i I, i'm not an accountant so i'm not going to be able i'm not going to crunch those numbers nor do i want to but in other senses like it's still not going to be the same thing because one of the appeals of a concert is sometimes you get meet those people that are like fans that you also can enjoy and get along with like you know the whole sing-along stuff when you guys are like belting out to songs that you do like other people or like especially for us for rock concerts if you want to be in that mosh pit you can't anymore and so it's i see the pros and cons to it but at the same time in terms of like music culture i think it's detrimental in that sense i guess i think it depends on the artist if you're seeing slayer then yeah absolutely the mosh pits are gonna be like you know noticeably lacking and it's gonna be weird but i mean if you have like a more mellow artist who people would just like sit down and not move much anyway and just kind of chill to the music or just get high or wasted or what anything like that then it's probably going to work more for that but i think it depends on the band but there's also this sense of like i think everybody if they have this shared understanding of like yeah this isn't ideal this isn't exactly what concerts were but given the circumstances it's better to have this than nothing and just kind of you know uh, beggars can't be choosers type of mentality then i think it would be a really it could be a really cool thing and really refreshing to have that that taste of that back since it's been you know we're getting up on a year it's going to be without concerts um that's just my two cents. I mean, some bands like Metallica just did a uh, drive-in concert like last night. Um, not sure how I'd feel about that. I feel like that's almost a little, I guess there's pros in that. It's like you have your own space more so and that you can like talk 
in the car and chill, but then I don't know how that works. It just seems weird with the car kind of blocking the audio. Uh, so, wanting, yeah. So, yeah, so going back on the previous, like, idea of the UK, what they want to implement, it's, well, I mean, like you said, it's beggars can't be choosers. It's, it's a transition, like, with anything, right? So, like, with people who enjoy uh, eating out, right, that's not a thing anymore. If you want to eat out, you either have to sit outside, find a park with a friend or something, and make it, like, a picnic. You can't have dining out as an option anymore. So that's, like, like you said, beggars can't be choosers given the current state of the world. True, but then it, it definitely is... I'm just saying, like, oh, it's definitely going to be hard to accommodate, and it kind of does suck because of yeah. all that. And also, because um, I do actually know a good amount of people that do go to concerts by themselves. And so a lot of them do enjoy that environment, that vibe that they're able, hey, I'm by myself. Let me, like, make some new friends for the next hour or, like, just hang out with people. And then so that kind of becomes difficult now. It's, so it's like, all right, well, that's going to suck, but – that's just what it is. That's just one option. But then going now on your point of the uh, the the car stuff, uh, mm-hmm. driving concerts. I think that's fine. I just think it's to be honest. I think it's a little bit more awkward than um in uh in what UK is doing with the designated seats and designated space because then it's like okay, well from there at least you can stand and sit. Whereas in your car, you need to remain in your car unless you're going to have another uh, chain smokers debacle where they had their first drive-in the, uh, concert and everybody said screw it and they all came out and started partying yeah. and they're like i'm not sure what chain smokers said but i do know that the public outcry was this obviously failed yeah and then the fbi like looked in the chain smokers or something like or not fbi but i don't know some type of organization uh that was like you can't do this shit <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know yeah the the, the drive-in thing that's one of those things it's a mystery i'm very skeptical of it i feel like i can't really officially say what it would be like if, until i've done it but off the cuff it does like does make me sound very skeptical because it does have this kind of classic american feel like you know drive-ins are like drive-ins one of those classic things you think of like growing up and like kind of something fun to do on a summer night with you know uh, family or friends and whatnot but um yeah with concerts i don't know how they work it's i mean like they've done that with stand-up comedy a lot a lot of stand-up comedians are trying to like find a way to make this work and they've done drive-in shows and a lot of stand-up comedians have said it work i can see it working more so for that rather than concerts are very dependent on the music and if you're sitting down i mean a lot of people sit down at concerts but a lot of times you want to stand up and actually move and dance and that's what this band wants to see they feed off that energy so if you're just sitting in your car um then yeah it's not i don't know you're not going to get that energy but again it could be that case of like Everyone knows it's not ideal, but it's kind of cool to still do it and you still enjoy it a little bit as like a taste of what will eventually come back, you know? So we'll see. I mean, time will tell. That's really the ultimate answer. I think it's one of those things where it's like, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. Um, so if you have it, then it will be implemented. But at the same time, it's, it's one of the things, that, well, what can a venue accommodate? What can they see? What can they deem as like getting the most revenue or what can they do? That's like the most cost effective. I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be the bottom line of what they end up implementing, what they end up thinking at the same yeah. time to minimize lawsuits. Cause like with chain smokers, obviously I didn't know they got investigated. So if they did get investigated, then that's just a telling sign of like, all right, whatever they implement, people have to follow and they're going to have to enforce it in some way or some capacity. Um, which is really annoying. And like, is it bad that I'm kind of judging that the people who did like not listen to the rules? I'm like, <laughs> it would be chain smoker fans. <laughs> uh, I think it's fair to judge, but I think at the same time, honestly, it would be any band. I mean, is there like a certain band that would have fans who just completely obey? <laughs> I don't know. Let's think who. I feel like rock concerts are more inclined to uh kind of like all right you know what we're not going to ruin a good thing versus some other genres that i can think of would be like i don't care if i've ruined a good thing i just want to have fun maybe contemporary jazz i feel like they wouldn't <laughs> they wouldn't be inclined to get out of their car they're fine just like sitting and chilling people with classical music that's who it. knows I've, I've heard they go the hardest they fucking rage harder than anyone man they're doing like shots off like their ass they're doing snorts of heroin it's crazy oh my gosh crazy uh, yeah uh but anyways yeah i forgot to mention this earlier but uh for all the diehards out there all five of them you might have noticed that we've uh done this topic previously but 
sometimes, you know, you do something once and you feel like you didn't quite get it right or you didn't prepare enough. This is the case with that. So with quarantine, we kind of thought it would be kind of a thing to uh, revisit maybe and talk, we could talk about it more since, you know, we haven't had them when we miss concerts. Me more so, Ja. Like, <laughs> ja, like he, has, he has more cons than he mentioned with them. But, uh, yeah, so with that, um, we could just briefly breeze through some of the stuff we talked about last time. So I think we talked about best live show, worst live show. So for me, easily, uh, Metallica, my favorite band. I mention them almost on a weekly basis somehow in every way on this podcast. Um, and, yeah, the reason, so it was just that they're as professional as it gets. The set list was as long as you could possibly do without being just excessive. It was all the songs, like a variety of songs. So you'd have the fast stuff, the slow stuff, the long stuff, the cool jam, band jam stuff that you didn't expect, some covers. Um, the arena itself was at like the Oracle Arena in Oakland. Um, and it was just like, it's a very big arena. So you can use that to put very cool props. The, at the time, their album was called Death Magnetic and it had a album, uh, the album cover had um, a coffin that looked like a magnet. From the ceiling, when they did the show, they had four different coffins, like giant coffins that would like spin. So I can't even imagine the budget of how much it costs to do their show. And um, like flames would shoot up out of their amplifiers at like random moments. So just everything you could want in like a big rock show spectacle was in this. So and just being that it's the first, that's the reason it was kind of the best. My, my best band wouldn't necessarily be a band per se. I would say it's more of a best concert. And well, Second Life Festival. It was the, um, dang it. I'm, it's totally like, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's the, uh, <laughs> the one that's all radio that does for Christmas. Oh, uh, Not So Silent Night. Not So Silent Night. I haven't been in like one or two years just because I didn't like the lineup. I'm glad it made such an impact on you that you remember its name. I just remember it was great because it was like one of my more ma first major concerts I've ever been to. Yeah. And it had uh, it had some of the bands that I really enjoyed listening to. So you had Fall Out Boy, you had um, Rise Against, and you had Linkin Park. And those are all lined up together. Um, some of the other bands I played was Walk the Moon, which was, I enjoyed a few of their singles. So I was like, all right, cool. That's a great opener. And then like two other bands in the middle I didn't remember nor cared enough to remember. Yeah, um, Future Islands. Do you remember them? The super artsy one? I think that was the one. Is that the one that was like grinding to the mic? Yeah, the guy was dancing really, really weirdly and like hopping up and down and like moving super, like he was doing yoga. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like wearing like a little bit pants, pants that are like a little bit too tight for him. And I'm like, okay, this is one of my first ever like rock concerts. Is this normal? Um, <laughs> so was there was dramatic. a lot of that. And then um, what happened was. Yeah, so it was really enjoyable in that sense. It was my first rock concert and seeing all that. So I really loved it, really enjoyed it in that, in that regard. Yes. Yeah, fun fact, I was also at that concert, but that was before me or John knew each other. Exactly. And that was like the year where, or that was like the year, stretch of years where it's like we were at the same concert. We just didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. And like almost in the exact same spot when we like post photos of like looking back on the photos that we took when we were there. <laughs> yep. I was probably the guy like pushing into you that you mentioned that you hated. <laughs> probably not. Cause then like all the people that like who would do it either were like effectively the stereotypical basic bitch or like the people that look like a Chad. Yeah. No, like a I Kyle. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm actually, yeah, I'm not the person who does that. It does that. So that's actually leads nicely into our next uh, kind of question or one of the questions um, at a concert. What's kind of like your preferred spot to be in? Like for me, I'm, you know, some people like to get in the mosh pits and like really move and like, you know, get super close. Um, I've had a few concerts where I'm like super, super close up and, you know, you have absolutely no space. It feels like you're kind of being like, like tackled in a football game to a lesser extent, like all perpetually the entire time because you're just like crushed between people. Some people really like that. And I, I get that if you're like really feeling a band and it's super energetic, that could be fun um I, but i prefer to only do that like on occasion like like i said only a few bands i've tried that with and sometimes the first like the third concert i ever went to i had no idea that that was a thing that if you get super close to the show you can just get crushed and people are like constantly moving and trying to like edge past you to get to the very very front and you'll have like bruises on your ribs by the time you leave that type of thing um so it was kind of was kind of like traumatic like dude i can't breathe i'm a like like 17 year old high school kid what is this um but yeah, like I mentioned, I don't like to do that so much. I prefer to like kind of just 
stand close to the stage, but I found that the sides are kind of a sweet spot, you know, where like there's usually openings there surprisingly and the audio is a lot better if you like take videos or just want to hear it well. So I'd rather just like stand there and like chill in my own zone with like moving a little bit, you know, but not like, uh, like obnoxiously dancing and getting like in everybody's vibe and like killing their mood. But just kind of moving a bit, having my own free space and like being able to get a good shot. Um, so yeah, close up, but to the sides is usually where I want to go. Um, do you have any preference for you? I think for me, it's um, depends on the concert too. But then, so when I was at the National Sound Night concert, I was up against the wall. And at first I was like, all right, this is great. This is super fun. Um, then I Then I had to take basically three showers afterwards because I kept smelling <laughs> like the guy next to me. Nice. Um, and it still wouldn't go away until the next day. But um, so I, the two spots I would pick is either against the wall because I can lean against it because you're basically standing there for anywhere between one to five hours, depending on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can lean against it. But then I'd also enjoy being in the mosh pit. So definitely somewhere towards the front against the wall. And if I can run into the mosh pit and run back. When you say against the wall, do you mean like the like very front gate or like – the back wall or the side wall the back or side wall so i can lean on it um like okay. backwards so it's like less stress on my feet um not the front wall just because been there done that was fun kind of cool to high five mike shinoda but <laughs> kind of also i don't want to take three to five showers afterwards yeah i can see that would you have uh wanted to meet chester there's like one member in lincoln park you would have preferred to meet I think, well, like for me, it's like, because I'm not the kind of person that's like, because I have a friend that's super into, when she's into a band, she gets to know everything about them, follow them on social media, see like their personal blogs and stuff like that mm-hmm. and what's going on. So she's all into that. And then for me, it's like, it's not so much that when it comes to music, it's like, I really enjoy your music and I really enjoy you guys. But in terms of like ever meeting you guys, it's like, all right, that'd be cool to take a picture, but that's about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say the singer of Chester, the singer of Lincoln Park, Chester Bennington. I don't know if you know this, but he uh, was the singer of Stone Temple Pilots for a bit because they mm-hmm. kicked out their singer. And um, I actually saw them with Chester Bennington, and he did a thing after the show where, like, after they finished and the band went off, he was on the stage, and all the people up front were still there, and he would like take selfies while he was like on the stage. So he'd be like crouching and just like he took. I don't know. He must have been there for like twenty minutes, just like taking selfies with like lines of people. So kind of cool. Oh my gosh, that's great. No, but um, I mean, like, it's not as easy for festivals to do that. But yeah, no, I was aware that he was part of the Temple Pilots. He, he had like a few sub, side projects and such like that. Yeah, he ultimately had to leave because it was just too busy and whatnot, which is understandable. I mean, Stone Temple Pilots, I mean, Stone Temple Pilots aren't as big as Lincoln Park, but they're still a pretty big band. So yeah. That yeah, and it wasn't like but, their main project kind of thing or his main yeah. project. Yeah, exactly. So that actually leads into... Next topic. So I think we probably briefly touched on this. We can briefly touch on it now or touch on the last topic. So we'll briefly touch on it now. Um, worst concerts. So things we don't like in shows, we can just talk about what kind of kills a show, what turns it off. This is kind of a nice transition because uh, with Stone Temple Pilot and Chester Bennington, when I did see him, I, I d- it definitely was not a bad show by any means, but it definitely was a little bittersweet because as someone who was like a Stone Temple Pilot, uh, Pilots fan from day one, like Scott Weiland is a guy who was troubled, but as a singer, his vocals are like iconic for Stone Temple Pilots. So that's the version of Stone Temple Pilots I wanted to see. And I had a few times growing up where it was an opportunity to see him, but I just didn't do it for whatever reason, busy or just didn't want to spend the money. And then lo and behold, Scott Weiland is kicked out of the band. So, and then ultimately, unfortunately dies. So that was a big regret not seeing them at the multiple times I did have a chance, but I did see them once with Chester and Chester sang well, and the band played well and they played like the songs you'd want to hear. And it was a good vibe. But at the same time, there was this bittersweet feeling of like, you do wish it was Scott Weiland because that was the guy or that you had grown up to listening to all the songs. Um, so that's kind of one example of a disappointing concert for me, or just like when the singer that you really want there, or, like a certain band member that really like solidified that sound is there kind of can be a little disappointing. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have any moments like that? There's definitely one band that's like slipping right now. That's, I think it was um when I first attended it, I was like, all right, that's, I'm super excited, and I listened to them sing. I'm like, this sounds very different. I'm not sure how I feel anymore. But there's definitely one concert that I went to 
which I will, I for sure hated. <laughs> this has to go with raves. Um, went to my first and last ever rave, and it was, I forgot what it was, Life in Color, isn't that what it's called or something? And they spew out paint into the audience. And I think I've touched upon this in the EDM um, podcast, but like that was probably one concert I really did enjoy because I really was where I, my friend was telling me, hey, people are not going to be pushy or stuff like that. It's going to be very mellow. Like I was asking him, what should I expect? And that's what I expected after that from what he told me. And when I did show up to, to the rave and then I'm like, why is everyone shoving me? Oh, because they're throwing out paint. And I'm like, okay. Is this like non toxic paint? If you breathe this in, <laughs> I hope. You're I mean, not it's not. I mean, it's not laced with lead, to my knowledge. Because <laughs> I mean, it was, it was like the paint they used on those paint runs, you know. Yeah, because oh, okay. it was washable. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, all right, whatever. But then it just kept like the entire night was just that. And at the end of it, I was like, all right, I'm really annoyed. I'm really pissed off right now. That was not fun, and I never want to go back. And just seeing all the people that are like just taking drugs the entire time, because all the rock concerts I went to before that which wasn't many, but even then, it was like, all, right, all I saw was weed. But then, like, not seeing people completely and absolutely, like, gone. And it's like, all right, this is, well, one, creepy. Two, I'm really annoyed right now because people are just shoving the entire time. And I'm just, like, I'm, I'm not having fun at all. So after that, it was, I, I really did not, like, enjoy, it, it reinforced my uh, disdain, I guess, for raves yeah i don't even consider rave shows <laughs> i know we this, had that edm topic we did a few days ago or, or a few uh, months back where we try to be very sympathetic to edm but still at the end of the day we still didn't like it <laughs> to your friends and the guests that did appear i really gave your list a shot i was listening it with my good headphones and at the end of the day i'm like wait i'm still on the same song how's this <laughs> still going and yeah. like only two minutes has passed by and i'm like wait i'm so bored next actually song. I actually, kept repeating. Did, I actually did write an in-depth review about every song that uh, was recommended. And it's like, my ultimate thing is like, it's fine, but it's not for me. And I think that's, they're probably fine with that too. I mean, there's no offense. It's just, I think some people just want you to try it and like, just say it's not for me. That's the most mature stance you can take. It's not for me, you know? Yeah. At the end of the day, it was really not for me. I like, I remember we messaged each other and then it's like, oh, you actually listened to it? Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I went back to something else. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't expect to like it, but I tried. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so going back to um, bands that we weren't happy with, um, another example for a different reason that I had was, uh, funny enough, are you a Foo Fighters fan, Josh? I listen to them, but there's definitely not the band that I'm going to be going out of my way for. Okay, fair enough. So that band, actually, I was surprised to find how disappointed I was with them, so Dave Grohl is a very popular guy, the singer of Foo Fighters, you know, former drummer of Nirvana. He's very, he's always in the media. He's known as kind of a nice, nice guy, Dave Grohl. He does things like he'll do a barbecue. When there was like one of the fires happening in 2018, he did um, like a barbecue for all the firefighters, things like that. You know, there's another situation where he was at a restaurant where the bill came out to $333. So he tipped $333 to make it $666. Just shit like that. Um, but I find him a little annoying sometimes when you see so much in the media. And um, I think this concert kind of brought up that worst in him that I was usually annoyed by because this was the first time where the singer just would not shut up. <laughs> like, And the band like almost dicked around too much. Like it, like it almost was hard to feel like a professional show. It was at um, Wrigley Field in Chicago. And so big arena, you know, baseball field. And they played the songs well when they played them, but like – they could never end a song concisely. They can never do like a three minute version of a song. They did every single song would like end on a like kind of jamming note where the band would be like, boo, but a boo, but a boo, you know, like, like the drums would be going and like the guitar would be like lingering on for a second. And then they like pause and then the drums would be like, and then it would just go on. Like they could just never end a song. Like right when it ended, they would do like a jam after every song, which is cool for one song, but, when you do it every single song, it gets a little, you know, exhausting and just kind of like, can we just move on to the next song? And the singer was just kind of talking a lot and doing some really like cheesy covers of other songs that weren't that great. And like, I remember the last song I wanted to see was Best of You. That was like the one I was like, okay, I can leave after they play Best of You. Of course, they save it for last. And then the they like finished the song when I thought it was basically ended. But uh, so when I thought it was 
essentially I saw everything I wanted to see in the song. I was like heading from my like seat to leave. And by the time I was uh, like outside, but it's from the time I like left my seat and from the time I was actually outside the arena, they were still playing the song, just like jamming on the end of it. So that kind of gives you a feel for what it's like. So yeah, I don't know. You ever had an experience like that? Not really, not definitely to that extent at all. Um, I feel like all the bands that I've been to or seen, they may do that for like one or two songs at most. And so I've never, I personally never had that experience where they lingered in that sense. And then when they do, it was really epic. So it's fun. Yeah. So I usually enjoy that. Yeah. That's how it should be. And um, so I I think Foo Fighters are just an example. That's the only time I've had that where they kind of drag it on so much. And to give credit where credit's due, um, I don't know if you ever knew this, but you know Dave Grohl once played and fell off the stage and broke his leg and then continued the show with a broken leg. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I've seen that. And then I think he also, like, made a chair out of, like, guitars or something or whatever. Yeah, like the next did, concert and something and, and did the whole tour like that so i'll give yeah. you gotta give credit where credit's due i don't know if i'd do that like who can just break their leg and say i'm gonna still play like even with that pain you know so that's that's definitely impressive yeah so i'll definitely give him that to, to, to stick to his guns and not finish not end his concert like hey i'm injured which he had every right to say but um he he kept, he 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 answered the fans and he responded and he showed up in a throne yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and uh, i mean other people have quit shows for like much weaker reasons like oh my voice is sore like i don't know but um that actually leads into the next question um so with singers and talking to the audience and like getting the amps audience amped up do you have like a sweet spot of how much you want the singer to talk versus how much they should just play bands i guess like what's your ideal version because some people are very specific about this like for example modest mouse have you heard of them yes yeah, so I saw them live. Um, songs sounded amazing, like great, like super tight, just like the versions of the record. The band themselves never talked in between the songs. So it was almost like they were playing amazing, but they looked like they didn't enjoy it and didn't want to be there. But it kind of did, didn't matter as much because the song sounded great. And at one point, they did an intermission, and he was just like, we've got to tune up. And then, like, in the middle of the show, they just took, like, maybe five minutes where they were just tuning their instruments like in the middle of the concert and then went back to playing it it sounded good but that was like the only thing they said and then at the end of the show maybe a thank you so some people might be disappointed with that i guess but uh i don't know do you have any preference for how much the singer talks and how much the band talks versus how much they should be playing etc i feel like the ratio definitely should be predominantly music right because that's what i'm there for but of course yeah there's a flow so let's say that you're doing an acoustic song right then it'd be great that they sit down like all right we're going to make an acoustic version of the song because this and this happened to me or this and this is happening with the world and i want to talk about it because at the end of the day they have a platform and this is where they have the most power as musicians to express themselves i mean they can obviously post whatever on youtube but the fact is that you pay to see them and you pay for their time and they're going to use that and get whatever message they want. So it's like, by all means you have every right to do so, but at the same time, there's also flow. So the, I feel like I've never, there might've been like maybe one or two concerts where it's like, all right, shut the hell up. Um, but then again, for the most part, I feel like a lot of bands are very like, Hey, we're going to play a set. We're going to play like a cluster music, have a talk, another cluster music. Uh, and then maybe like, one or two more talks and like it's never been daunting for me and i've never had a concert where it's like they didn't not say anything yeah yeah that's true that's yeah i agree with that obviously you want the music to be like the most dominant thing because that's what you paid for but the talking for me at least i do kind of hope that they talk a little bit in a way that gets the crowd pumped up there's for sure a sweet spot i'm a little disappointed if they don't talk if they talk very little or not that much because it does kind of take away from this kind of show element where you get the crowd amped up. Like one good example was uh, Green Day, which I, I know you've seen live. I don't know if they did this live at the show you saw them at, but um, uh, essentially they <laughs> they do kind of a silly jam with one of some of their songs at one point where it's like a super like easy song to play, like simple uh, drum kind of beat and then simple like three chord bass riff and this they essentially for that song they sometimes will bring fans up and then one time at a show i was at at uh, also in oakland it was at the uh, a's arena they brought up a girl on stage to play guitar like during the song and then 
like after uh, the song was over, he like got the microphone, asked her name and whatnot. And then he's like, okay, this guitar is yours now. Basically gave her the guitar and everyone's like, well, that's crazy. You know, but that stuff's kind of cool. And like really gets the crowd kind of pumped, you know, like seeing that live kind of interaction. And like another thing they did was um, this wasn't a show I saw him at, but at another show, they play that same kind of simple jammy song. And they got a kid up who played drums. They're like, who plays drums? And then they got a kid up and then they put him on the drums and had him do the super simple beat. And then they're like, who plays bass? And then they got a kid who plays bass. And then, you know, got a kid who plays guitar. And uh, so basically the whole band was just random kids. They just pulled up from the stage and then, you know, with Billy Joe singing. So shit like that, you know. No, that's really heartwarming. Because, like, I did see them once in um, at Nazis Island Light. And where they got a kid to play and they're like, Hey, can you play this song? And then they, they start playing together and the kid then asks, Hey, can I play another song? And they're like, I think they were a little bit surprised. They're like, Oh, you want to play another song? Cause like, you know, kids, they may have like stage fright or something. And then the fact that they got through one song without like messing up, yeah. that's already like, that's pretty good. Um, so they're like, Oh, you want to play another song? All right. By all means, I don't remember if they gave them the guitar at the end. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but like the fact that it was, like, they did that and it's like super wholesome when they do that. And it's almost like this is why I really like the rock community in that sense is where like bands, they tend to like, they try to pay homage to their audience as much as they can, which is great. And like they try to recognize them as much as they can. So that's yeah. like super fun. Yeah. For the most part, I agree. You know, there's some bands that are kind of known for being dicks at the same time. Like have you heard of Queens of the Stone Age? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The singer is like kind of Josh Homme. He's kind of known as a dick. Like there's been times he like kicked fans in the head or something like that. So I don't know. But yeah, for the most part, rock does have that sense of community. I think that you don't necessarily find in other genres where they do stuff like Green Day did too. Yeah, so I really do enjoy that and encourage more bands to do so or like continue to do whatever they want to like incorporate the fans. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting too because um, like some bands have a strict like I just want to play kind of vibe. Like Rise Against, they're actually very. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but they're very against this idea of like putting on a show. They're like more of just like. We're not like putting on, we're not like monkeys putting on a show for you. We're literally just guys like playing our instruments and then, so they don't do flashy stuff like that. So it's kind of, depends on the band a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, another, another thing I was thinking of too is uh, covers. So, you know, when a band busts out a cover that you didn't expect, it's really cool or an unexpected song. Um, one example of something that I really loved was, uh, are you familiar with the artist Beck? Yes. I'd be very surprised if you weren't. He's a pretty big dude. I feel like everybody growing up here is loser. <laughs> I'm a loser, baby. You know, that's all. Oh, yeah, um, no, that's classic. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I saw him at Outside Lands uh, 2018 and didn't know what to expect. I thought it'd be good, but I, I don't know. I'd never seen him live, so I didn't know what I was in for, really. And uh, walked to his tent and um, was instantly blown away. It was one of those perfect storms where he's playing, like, the perfect set list of just the – like select handful of songs that I like most or like know most by him. I thought like he would be playing most songs I didn't know. And I was like, I know that song. I know that song, that song I know too. And um, he did a cool thing where he has a really big band. You know, he has um, uh, like two different guitar players, like three like female backing singers, like a keyboard player. Um, he has this like really fat drummer that kind of makes for like a cool vibe because the dude like really hits the kid hard. Um, so yeah, basically in the middle of uh, have you heard the song where it's at? I think so. Yeah, it's one of the ones they play on the radio a little bit. But anyways, in the middle of the song, they um, the singer Beck basically introduced or he does a jam session and he introduces like every member of the band, and then they stop the jam session and every time he introduces like a band member. So like say he'll introduce a guitar player, um, he'll say the guitar player's name and then the guitar player will play like. Uh, cover of a song that's popular so he did like miss you by the rolling stones so he did that riff and then the rest of the band jumps in and then they do like a 30 second cover of it and then he'll introduce the bass player and then the bass player will play um like heavier that song good times by chic like do 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 good times that one so they like play that then he introduces the drummer then the drummer plays the drum fill to uh in the air tonight by phil collins um, so they did that with like every instrument. So it's kind of cool just watching these like 30 second covers of like songs and like kind of making it feel more alive because he's introducing like every member of the band. Um, so shit like that can be cool. And like certain covers can like really kind of wake you up and like think, oh shit, they're playing that. I didn't expect that, you know. 
it's kind of cool because it's kind of like a baseball walk-on song because like i realized that baseball players they get a walk-on song and they're playing at home oh yeah yeah it's true 100 pences was uh katie perry <laughs> SF but, uh, yeah so i think for me um i think i'm picky about like the cold cover stuff because it's like all right some bands can do it really well then some bands don't do it really well like i just may not necessarily like it right and they may cover a song i'm like uh i'm not super familiar with it can we stick to the stuff that like i know that you guys i know i was hoping to see yeah um but at the same time so funny thing about cover stuff is is that weezer has been doing a lot of like cover stuff lately before covid and like they even did the whole africa toto thing um but one cover they they did make that i really like is scrubs by tlc yeah. <laughs> like i really enjoy that cover <laughs> funny thing is that like i'm also right now until i like j-rock japanese rock right now and like mm-hmm. uh japanese music and i was watching this i was listening to the uh, the opening to an anime and i'm like hey i kind of like this and what spotify thing did at the time was for some reason like they gave me the cover version of that song and i really enjoyed it and i thought oh given because you know how spotify what they do is they provide like oh music that you might like and i was listening to the original versions of songs and they suggested this i'm like i thought this is the original version and i go literally pretty much almost a full year maybe a year thinking that song was the actual version until like literally last week no this week i learned oh that was actually a cover yeah it turns out that like that specific japanese artist like his covers i like more actually i don't think he's even japanese i think he's canadian like something canadian something which just knows japanese hmm. and i like his covers of like the anime music better than the actual original version damn there you go well, that's cool does he uh does he do live shows or no um honestly i haven't looked into it i've only looked into like a few of his songs and i'm like oh, i'm totally digging into this but no um I feel like a lot of YouTube artists, if they do, because he's a YouTube artist, actually. It's like one of those people that like, I do covers and I just got famous and now Spotify is a thing and now I have Spotify as a platform to, to more monetize my music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so with his, so YouTube, I feel like, at least from what I've seen for YouTube artists, they may do concerts here and there, but they're only at major cities and very seldom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Okay, I didn't know he's a YouTube artist. Yeah, that's kind of, you don't see that as much, but. Sometimes certain artists can get big through that, I guess. Like when I saw Trivium, a uh, metal band I like a lot, the singer actually, it was a little unfortunate because I was really stoked for the tour um, and like really excited for um, like the album that just come out and the set list they were doing was perfect. But the singer, his wife was uh, having twins. So I think, I don't know, I think it, no one would expect him to miss his wife's giving birth so he could like play a show in fucking, like, you know, Berkeley. So he uh, was with his wife. And they had uh, two of the other band's uh, singers, like, pl- filling in on the songs. And they had a guitar player who started out, like, doing YouTube stuff and just eventually, like, met the band, like, filling in on the guitar parts that he was doing. So, yeah, I guess that's one example of, like, you can get big through YouTube and then ultimately kind of get work like that through it, you know? I mean, there's Justin Bieber. As much as, like, he's an interesting fellow, we don't want to talk I think about he that. first discovered on YouTube. So there's that. Yeah, we're talking about the good side of it. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I don't know. I think another example of covers is I remember, remember when we saw Foster the People? I don't think I've ever seen Foster the People with you. So here's the thing we technically did, they were that unmemorable, and that's exactly my point that I was going to make that they were very not memorable because <laughs> it was at uh, it was at that uh, not so silent night with Weezer and uh, the Killers, but Foster the People played before them. And oh, we were, and we were thinking, <laughs> we were thinking, this is so like, like this band is so past their like, like prime, you know, type of vibe. Like this was famous, like I don't know, eight years ago, whatever. And then the one part of the set list that I remember is they played Blitzkrieg Bop, <laughs> the one song that like you can't screw up and everybody will know the lyrics too. Okay, yeah, no, this is starting to come. This is coming back now. Yeah, exactly. So I think covers can help in that way sometimes, where it's kind of cool that they did that, and. uh yeah, I don't know. Have you It'll, any other examples of like bands you've seen do cool covers or like not so great covers or no? No, I was going to say that's an example of like how, how people are pumping up their audience, right? Yeah, yeah. If you do a cover that people didn't expect to, like like another example, do you listen to ska much? No, not at all. <laughs> Have you heard of the band Real Big Fish? Yes. Mighty Mighty Boston's? Yes. Uh, you, you probably heard the impression that I get. 
never had to knock on wood, but I know someone who has. Makes me wonder if I could. Bro, that's does sound familiar. It's uh, it's on the America's uh, Funniest Home Videos, like the theme for that. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, anyways, one time, so Real Big Fish and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are a band that sound super similar because they're both in that ska kind of vibe. And one time I saw them, and they had like one. They're really funny. They're like super sarcastic with their music. Like their greatest hits album is like, it's their greatest hits album is called One Hit, and other songs that aren't never made it to hits or something like that. <laughs> and uh, they played that their most popular song at the end of the night. They're like, "All right, we got one last song. We know you guys know what it is. You ready for it? You guys been waiting for it. All right, here we go." And then they busted into uh, the impression that I get, which is by the Mighty Body Boston's, and played like the whole thing, like like just out of nowhere like it's just you would never expect that you know it's like if you go to see weezer and they're like all right we're gonna play our biggest song and then they go into american idiot by green day you know that's actually really fun oh the impression i get okay i'm playing it right now yeah. i'm like oh yeah i do know the song yeah classic it's just one of those good happy kind of vibe music right yeah yeah um yeah so another question um a few other questions so as far as the size of the venue Sometimes people have a different preference, you know, there's, you know, you got your giant stadium kind of tours, like the Not So Silent Night show that John went to, and the Metallica show I went to, and then you got, you know, your smaller gigs where it's maybe like the Independent in SF or Cornerstone in Berkeley, um, uh, or like 925 Gilman Street in Berkeley. A lot of small venues get like a very big kind of, kind of uh, fame attached to them when they have a lot of artists kind of like who have gotten successful come up through the years like cut their teeth on those shows so i don't know basically size of venue do you have a preference joe i think for me is that like this is kind of going to where like i kind of don't miss concerts in a sense of like i feel like there's no venue that's perfect for me hmm. so for example um smaller venues they tend to be harder to get to less parking um bigger venues they tend to be easier to get to but then there's more people it's more crowded it becomes a shit show concerts cost too much um so that's why like i don't know if i have a preference in terms of a venue but i think like if i can get a concert that's on like a weekend where it's a little bit easier to commute to that's fine and so like in terms of like venue size i don't really have a particular preference for for me but it's mm -hmm. the knowing that's like all right if it's a small venue in the city on a weekday, oh crap! All right, I'm gonna have to take bar, blah blah. On a weekend, oh, I could probably find parking, um, depending on rush hour and stuff like that, and like or like food hour or whatever when people get food. Mm -hmm. um, bigger venues, it's like all right, either it's going to be like SAP Center in San Jose where parking I'm gonna have to pay or hope I don't get my car broken into, or it could be like great venues like uh, uh, the the uh, Oakland Arena and Oakland Coliseum where it's like all right, bar's right there, boom hop skip and a right and i'm there mm -hmm. um but at the same time with that said there's going to be a ton of people there and it's going to be like crowded and whatnot yeah yeah i get that i think i almost as far as like that's like looking at a logistical sense i prefer the smaller venues because you can just take bar it's kind of a cool feeling um if it'd be nice if bart stayed open later but that's whatever anyways um I think the bigger venues, I kind of dread just because, like, parking's always a nightmare trying to get in or out, um, like, just with such a clusterfuck. And, you know, parking's never going to be less than $20. If it's ever free at a big show, I'm fucking amazed. But, uh, like, Shoreline Amphitheater, have you been there before? Yes. Yeah, that's a good example. Like, I went to a festival one day, and I thought I got there on time, but parking. And, like, at the start of the festival was 11 a.m. Like, there was a small band I wanted to see, and I got there at, like, 1030 literally missed the band just because it took so fucking long to get parking <laughs> like entirely missed the band because their set list was kind of short and it started right when they um, got there and parking just took that long so i hate that shit more personally um but if we're taking parking aside uh i kind of i kind of like a mix of both you know sometimes like i've seen cage the elephant multiple times like and i think that's one example of a band that their sound very much changes depending on if it's a big arena or a small venue like like up close and personal like the singer moves around a lot and when you really see like how much he's like looking like he's you know cracked out on heroin with the music and just jumping and everything um then it's kind of cool and you get the energy but sometimes when you're so far away the band doesn't sound as tight the sound kind of gets a little more muddy muddy and like 
the singer, you don't see his gestures as much. So like, if you're taking logistics aside of like, if like you had the perfect scenario where you have perfect transportation, no issue parking, what would you prefer, small or big? Um, honestly, I kind of don't care. <laughs> uh, I I feel like because like that's the thing is uh, with a small venue, it's like okay, I can hear the acoustics, it feels more intimate. But then at a big venue, then it's like all right, it's going. I'm gonna expect a great show in terms of like lights is going to be crazy. Um, there's going to be a lot more people to kind of like have that quote unquote sing along with people, right? Or like when people have those intimate moments of like, Hey, take out your phones with the lights and stuff. I see that more at the big venues or small concerts. It's like, all right, it's more homey type feel. So there's pros and cons to it. And so I, I don't have a preference in that sense. So if Weezer did like a show at like, I don't know, a small venue, like a small SF kind of hole in the wall place for like the catalyst in Santa Cruz, you would be cool with that. You'd be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah. I think for me, like I, it is, I like a mix, I guess, depending on the band. If I'm looking for a big rock show, like you said, or if I think the band is smaller and want to get closer up to them. But at the same time, if a band, a big band does a smaller show, it's also, I think that's a huge highlight. Like, for example, uh, Metallica, when they did their own, like, festival, they made their own festival in 2013, 2014, where they picked all the bands. They picked, like, the atmosphere and, like, the attractions and what was going to happen. And one thing they did was they had a movie coming out at the same time where the main actor in the movie was Dane DeHaan. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, and they said there was a band playing this kind of smaller stage at 545 called DeHaan. And no, everyone was like, who the hell's DeHaan? And it was actually just Metallica. They just called themselves DeHaan and like surprised everybody. And because it was on a smaller stage, it wasn't as totally packed. So people just who were there and had no idea who DeHaan was like, saw that it was Metallica and like got the closest experience that they could with the band that you would never get otherwise. And like also a cool experience of them playing their entire first album. So shit like that is cool. I think it's super dope at the same time. I'm like, dang, now I have FOMO for whenever like a band I would like to see would do that. Yeah. All the people must've like been kicking themselves who were like, uh, like skipped it or like didn't think it was going to be anything that must've sucked. But um, yeah. So, um, Another question is uh, set list. So some people are very particular about the set list, you know, like I think me, <laughs> I'm one example is uh, sometimes we have, we have a thing called setlist.com now or setlist.fm where essentially bands will post or people will post the set list that bands play. And if a band's doing a tour and they're, you know, uh, playing a city coming up to where I'm at, if the set, I'll always check the set list. And if the set list is the exact same every night and um, it's a set list where they're not playing any of the songs I like or playing songs I don't like as much, I sometimes just straight up won't go because to me it's really not worth it if a band plays, but they don't play the actual shit you like as much, you know? Um, so that's how I feel. But I don't know. Curious. Do you uh, feel, have a strong preference that way? Like, do you feel like you'll be let down if the set list isn't good as good or you still just think it's cool to see the band, period? Yeah. So for me, definitely, I, I, set list that website is a godsend so it helps me prepare like if there's a band that i do enjoy then i can see the songs i, can, I know for sure i'm going to be listening to the songs that i want to listen to or it's like if there's a this is a band that I'm like i'm kind of familiar with but now i can see their music and mentally prepare myself all right what are some of the songs that will be played so i'm gonna go and listen to it right now and definitely the more songs that they play that i know the better because that's like all right that's what i'm familiar with that's why that's why i enjoy you um, if I find new music that I do enjoy from your band, sure, that's a bonus. But at the same time, that's not a guarantee. It's like guarantee versus like, I don't know what I'm going to get, which I may or may not like. Yeah, exactly. I think so too. Yeah. Like, and just, it's kind of nice if you don't know the band songs, you can kind of look them up and like get prepared ahead of time. And then you might know them um, more so going into the show. So um, yeah, I don't know. For me, like one example, do you listen to Bad Religion at all or are they not your tune as much? Yes. All right, so Bad Religion. Have you heard the song 21st Century uh, Digital Boy? Yes. All right, favorite song by them. I think it's their best, personally. First time I saw them was actually with Rise Against in 2011-ish. Um, and I was thinking, I'm like, okay. I, like, I saw their set list was, like, up to 30 songs because, you know, they're a punk band, so their songs are generally shorter. They can play more of them quicker, you know. Um, and I thought, there's no way they're not going to play di uh, 21st Century Digital Boy. Like, how do you not play? Like, it's one of their biggest songs. It's got to be, right? So, somehow, they didn't play it. <laughs> and I was really disappointed. I'm like, it almost kind of killed the song, because the songs they played were good, but I just didn't know them as much. 
And over time, like if I had seen that show now, it probably would have been a different experience because I would have known a lot more of the songs. But it just felt like when they when the band leaves and doesn't play the song you're in for it, you feel like something's kind of lost. But uh, yeah, luckily a few years later, I did see them in 2016 and they played it. So there's a happy ending, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I could, I, I could definitely get that sentiment. Yeah. Has there ever been a band you wanted to see where they didn't play one song and you felt like the night was ruined or something? I'm sure that's happened before. I can't recall right now. <laughs> Lincoln Park didn't play Faint. No, for me, it's like they have to play Bleed It Out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's funny because they played that with uh, Singer of Rise Against when we saw them. Exactly. So that's why I'm like, all right, this is the greatest. Um, so for Lincoln Park, my favorite song is Bleed It Out. It's funny. Mine's uh, Faint, and they played it live too, and I didn't expect them to play it, so that was pretty cool. So we had both our favorite songs <laughs> by them. Nice. Good shit. Um... I think that was everything I had question wise, but uh, yeah, I guess the only other last question is uh, predictions concerts. Like, um, you know, everyone's wondering when concerts are going to come back. You know, it's a weird funky time. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what you can fully do. If it's not the quarantine, it's fires. If it's not that it's, you know, politics going on. If it's not that it's just anything else you can imagine. So concerts really seem like the last thing it's going to be hardest to kind of set back in stone because uh, it's, you know, if social distancing is the rule, then how are you going to cram people into like the most opposite of that scenario kind of situations and make money of it regularly? So just wondering when it's got back. Everyone's got their own predictions. If I had to guess, um, I'm going to say May 2021. That'll be like the first time people start testing it. Wait, testing like what the what may be the new norm? No, like actually like saying, okay, let's do a show. People can get close to each other. Like, I'm not sure how the mask thing is going to work, but, and I don't have any logical <laughs> explanations or evidence for this. It's just my kind of going with my gut, uh, trying to predict it by May, 2021. All right. My, my prediction is whenever the vaccine comes out and people actually like take the vaccine. Yeah. I guess that depends on it too. Well, I mean, like, okay, so like, if the vaccine comes out March 2021, you think it's going to be April 2021? Concerts are back. Okay, maybe like a two month buffer. Like, <laughs> let's see what's going on there, and then, um, all right. So, like, no fallout. We can implement this because, like, take a look at America right now. Like, we were thinking, like, oh, we can June. June is going to be that new like restart date. When June happened, well, everyone screwed up the week before because of Memorial Day for whatever reason. We're not going to get into that. The same thing right now is that like, okay, well, cases are now down. How are we going to proceed further that we don't repeat what just happened? And so it's similar with this in regards to that. I think they're going to play it safe. Whenever the quote unquote vaccine does come out and it's like, oh, everything's safe. That may not necessarily be the case. It'll probably going to be like, all right, let's, um, let's approach it cautiously. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it would be nice if we had a vaccine in like at least two months, concerts would be back. But I don't know. It's like one that, that Rage Against Machine show. I remember like it was supposed to be April of this year, 2019. And then they rescheduled it. And then uh, I saw the rescheduling date and it said June 10th. And I'm like, oh shit, that's awesome. Just two more months. Like they're just going to push it back two months and we'll be good. And literally, I missed the fact that the zero at the end of 2020 was actually a one. So it was 2021. But now I'm wondering, I'm like, is it even going to be like June 2021? Like, will they even be ready by then? So it's uncertain, but I don't know. All we can do is hope for the best, right? Exactly. So like, at the end of the day, like even my church, they're like, all right, if even if Alameda County gives us the okay to have church services, we're going to wait an extra two weeks to see what like the potential fallout may be of like, if they revert back. So like, it's like, what's the point of like trying to make an effort to bring back all services? when they're just going to pull it back because honestly, it's not a good idea to even do that anymore. So I think it's all similar, yeah. similar with that, all that. I think it's all a conspiracy. I don't think Corona, uh, coronavirus exists, Joe. <laughs> all right. See you in 2022. <laughs> and I'm going to go on the record saying that's what we as a podcast think we support this notion. No, and we do not. Any Fauci is a liar and you should just go out and do anything. <laughs> No, no we do not endorse this. If such a thing is being absurd, I don't believe this, but wouldn't it be nice if that was true? 
<laughs> oh my gosh, I'm not sure if that's considered nice or like we're living the biggest lives if that were true. Well, it'd be nice at least like, okay, that sucked, but now we can just have immediately life go back to normal. But anyways, on to uh, Greener Pastures. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Underpaid and The Underqualified. Next week, we'll have a big topic prepared because I don't know what it is, but I think Jaw's planning it, so I'm sure it'll be bigger. Yeah, so uh, again, following our new format, what we're going to do is like we're going to do two podcasts a month. Uh, one definitely a little bit more lighthearted, one a little bit more on the serious end. So if y'all think, you get, uh, y'all probably guess this is probably on the little bit more lighthearted end compared to whatever bombshell I'm going to drop next podcast. Yeah, John's going to talk about every serious, scary topic. Nobody wants to talk about it or else. We're going to talk about our feelings. <laughs> That's the scariest that we could possibly do. But um, yeah, and also, like I said, keep a lookout on the OnlyFans. We'll be doing some uh, really steamy stuff. <laughs> Very sultry. Yeah. We'll keep it classy. It was sexy stuff. Um, yeah, just keep an eye out there. And uh, until then, stay safe. Um, you know, God bless and um, Wakanda forever. Oh my God. All right. Take care, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs>